Welcome to this week's Threadbare episode of Soccer Neophytes podcast. We're going to do a little rewind. Arsenal continues to heat up and Kyle Walker All-Stars revealed. Gentlemen, how goes it? Chris has a mouthful of food. Chris Smith, that is. What up? Well, that was fast. Good evening. Um, I'm excited for this episode. I am too. I We're going to do a little rewind. And what I mean is there's a couple topics that I really wanted to talk about last week when I was ill um, that... Lundberg and Andrew didn't touch, which is totally fine. They did a great shocking. <laughs> I, I love listening to episodes and giving my, my like real time critiques, uh, through our text, our text thread, but, um, no, you guys did, you guys did awesome. How many, uh, Patreon requests for, um, subscriptions have we received in the past week? 657. Fantastic. So many. So many. Fantastic. That's great. Um, yeah, so, um, we're gonna do a little rewind. I, I say threadbare because I really didn't prepare too much. Um, talk Arsenal a little bit. Um, but, but what I'm really excited for is the Kyle Walker 11. The voice you don't hear is, uh, Andrew's voice. You don't hear. And he was very excited for the Kyle Walker 11. And my prediction is he fell asleep on his couch. Um, or as uh, the question asked of Billy Madison, did you fall asleep or did you pass out? So that's that's the question for Andrew. We'll find out tomorrow morning, but uh, he's going to miss it. I think my favorite part of the thread earlier was, what's the plan? You told him the time, and then he said, fine, I'll join, I guess. And that's the last <laughs> we've heard from him. Again, right, this is best. what you could be getting. You know, join the Patreon subscription. You can have full access to our text threads. Um, $9.99 a month. You can see uh, how I'd already said we were going to start at nine, but Andrew still asked the question, what's the plan? <laughs> but I do and think that, Andrew- they were going to start at nine, which is only 30 minutes later than we usually start. Yeah. Was notified at least five hours earlier yeah. <laughs> in the day like <laughs> uh, that's right there's not many better than andrew no there's not there's not well rewind i guess maybe there's not too much but the biggest thing i want there's two things i want to touch on last week um, and now it feels so dated but the transfer window closed and mm-hmm. at february 1st i think it was so that's 11 days ago from time of recording. And there were very, very few transfers made comparatively. And it felt, it felt light. There were, there were moves made, but a lot of loans, just a ton of loans. Um, Gio Reyna with Forrest, uh, Brogia from uh, Chelsea over to Fulham. Timo Werner to Tottenham, Calvin Phillips to West Ham, a handful of other notable notable loans, but very, very little money spent. And I was wondering about it throughout the month because it just didn't seem like there was a lot of action. And I was wondering mostly if it's a result of P- uh, FFP, like people teams scared to spend money until they know that they're actually safe. You guys get the same impression. Feels that way. Yeah. I mean, certainly the teams like the bigger clubs who didn't make moves, they all came out and were like, what do you expect us to do? We can't do anything. We have financial fair play rules. We have to take into account for. So uh, at, at least they were using it as a crutch for the teams that didn't make moves. Like, United's one of those. They sent a bunch of guys out on loans, a couple of sales of younger guys, but they didn't bring anybody in. And they said, yeah, we couldn't financial fair play. 
yeah, Arsenal's been in desperate need of a striker. Wolves have been in desperate desperate need of a number nine. We loaned out two our two other number nines were loaned out, and with the expectation to bring someone in, that didn't happen. Um, so then I I was like, okay, is it just me? Am I misremembering? But I am not misremembering. This January transfer window. Teams spent a combined total of 715 million pounds less than they did in 2023. 715 million pounds less was spent this January than last January. Well, 700 pounds of that was Chelsea. (laughs) Actually, Wolves spent a shitload because we were (laughs) in relegation zone last year like this was like survival for wolves and so part of the reason we weren't able to spend in the summer and i think this transfer window is in relation to that probably for chelsea as well now i know financial fair play is like uh no one really knows the rules like there's so much gray area and well everton and forest for sure don't but yeah do do coaches salaries count in financial fair play because i thought i heard chelsea rumors that they would like to sack uh Pac, but they can't because of financial fair play rules they can't fire him pay him his 10 million that he they owe him on top of the 10 million they owe from what's his name from last season and hire a new coach now so i'm assuming it does based on that stuff but i don't really know yeah it must i did see that that the women's teams don't um they don't count. So there definitely is like separation within um, the organizations, I guess, or the, the, the clubs. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I saw that same thing about Pochettino. So yeah, my guess is it must, it must count. Yeah. And no surprise. They don't count the women's like no offense. The women don't make that much money. Yeah. It's probably not like a, a yeah enough of a amount to to right. make a huge difference in any, any yeah way. like if chelsea took one year of mudrick his salary they could fund their women's team for about seven years yeah probably but i digress yeah but yeah it was definitely the the window of loans with with still quite a few players moving but uh most of it being most of it being loans i think um really some of the only substantial like actual uh payments made was was Tottenham with Dradusin or Dradushin I don't know how to pronounce his name but uh that being kind of the big one Drago (laughs) that's what we're going with Drago uh like 25 million so I've got annoying as half the battle here yeah in the NFL, if you're on Twitter and you're down the rabbit holes of all of these teams, there's these cap analysts that literally know to the dollar like exactly where teams are at. How can you have a league that is the top football league in the world from eyes on it and teams and fans don't really have any idea where – like, what's the difference in regards to the culture of the league in that the financial pieces aren't public knowledge to where you can truly figure out where your team stands? Because every time, like, the Hawks make a move, like, there's three cap guys that I watch that go, oh, yeah, so after this and when they, they you know, they change half of it to a salary bonus, they're going to be at, you know, three and a half million below the cap. Like, everybody always knows. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, is, is there a whole lot more complex uh, issues going on in regards to all the loans and things coming in that just make it difficult to understand? Like, this so, just seems crazy. Like, you would never have an NFL team go, oh, shoot, I guess we're over the cap. Totally. And we, the fans, like, we have to cut a bunch of players. Surprise, too. Like, yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah. just wild. Like, I don't understand it. Yeah, I think so. I'll go first because I'm sure Nate can give a much better answer than I can give. But it's not just the Premier League. Um, like, financial fair play govern. UEFA 
and FIFA and all those factors come into play and they govern them all. So like this stuff isn't just singled out to the premier league. Like if you look at La Liga, like Barcelona's in a lot of trouble and Real Madrid gets in trouble. So, um, I think why it's so crazy and why we don't really know is a lot of it is based on how much income you generate as a club. And so a lot of it and like what city is accused of is cooking the books basically. Right. So like, you know, they're the, from the outside and the haters of city, they're saying like they're cooking their books. They just have all this Saudi oil money that they're just throwing into the team and they're making it look like it's, uh, revenue that they actually generated when it's really not. It's just the billions and billions of dollars right, from Saudi right. coming into the club and they're guising it in like, like one of the things city is, is being pressed for is like uh, their sponsorship deals. And so, uh, you know, like a 13 bill, you know, $13 million sponsorship deal with this company. That's a shell for that company. That's a shell for this company. And so a lot of it is like, they have to prove the revenue. And I think they're starting to get into that like gray area where like, well, teams aren't proving the revenue, especially for city. They've got, what is it? 114 charges against them for financial fair play breaches. Uh, but Nate could probably give a better one. My like big understanding is a lot of it is on revenue that you generate and money that you're bringing into the club determines how much you're allowed to spend. And like your cap, you know, there's no cap, but there are limits. Which and it seems it seems if if it's based on revenue and how each team is keeping their own books, it seems like that is prime for just a bunch of ridiculous, like gray nonsense that's gonna be really hard to to hold anybody accountable to, as opposed to I'm just thinking like major league baseball where you've got you've got the Yankees and the Dodgers and some of these big clubs that pay in a sense, a luxury tax, right? Like they, they can spend as much as they want. There's no cap, but when they spend over and above a certain amount, don't they pay? Like it, it it's not based on the income that they're generating. That just seems like such a, like a, a, a difficult thing to keep track of if each club is responsible for their own books and all of the, the the mess that happens internally with that and how to how to how to get a fair a fair a fair shake at that i don't know well yeah that's i mean the biggest difference is one has to do with only player salaries and it's a cap so and because all that stuff's public you just it's simple math now i know with like nba has some distinctives and each of the American sports have different distinctives within it, but you can become an expert because you know what everyone's making, you know, how much money's deferred, you know, all those things with this becoming much different because you don't know what the total revenue is for these organizations or these clubs. The other factor is we're actually talking about two different things. There's finance. And I think we probably use them interchangeably when we mean different things. And this is, again, I think where it gets more complicated financial fair play, I think has to do with UEFA. And then there is like a financial sustainability rule that has to do with uh, the FA cup. So one has to do with, Europe generally, and one has to do with England specifically. Right. So I think there's actually two factors, but the UEFA one only matters if you're playing, I think, in European football. So that's why Wolves were in such, had more scrutiny because we had made Europe and there was a three-year period that they were trying to track. So as soon as we were three years out of having played in Europa, we didn't have to adhere to those rules anymore. We just had to adhere to the FA. FA, Right. So that then adds a whole bunch of complexity where I think Man City has, I don't, again, I could be wrong, but Man City, I think has breaches against both or 
It could be the one that they got out of from a few years ago. I think that was UEFA. And this current one has to do with FA specifically. So England Football Association specifically. So I'm sure um, we'll be able to give us some some correctives tomorrow. But uh, all that to say, the January transfer window was a lot less active than previous years. And I, it seems to be because of FFP and the financial sustainability rules. So the other topic that was skipped over that should, that has to be brought up is that what was announced now, probably a month ago, but we haven't talked about is Klopp retiring and it's old news now, but it'll continue to dominate throughout the rest of the year with uh, Klopp deciding to at least take a year off. I think I, I put it, I'm sure it's in quotes. Uh, I, I imagine he will manage again, but I want to bring it up one because it's massive news, but also because my hot take, my one hot take is only half true, but my one hot take was, Liverpool will make miss out on the Champions League again and Klopp will retire. So they got to fall a little more to fall out of uh, Champions League, but but Klopp retiring uh as predicted by me at the beginning of the season. Is is this a uh like an Urban Meyer-esque type leave? Is this fair enough? Is is this a like I need I need a break for a year and then I I want to go find another job. Is that kind of what this is? I think so. Um seems about right. Take a year off or two, be with his family and then be itching to get back into it and take a job somewhere else. Although he's claimed he will never coach in the Premier League again or coach another team besides Liverpool. That would be yeah. I I could see that. Like is he going to go to you know, La Liga, maybe he becomes a national team coach somewhere. Um, you know, I heard Brazil's looking for a national team coach. Uh, but if he ever coached anywhere else in the Premier League, it would be wild. Dude, wild. How long has he been there? Nine years. Okay, so that's a that's a that's a journey. It's a good run, yeah. And they've been really, really good for his run. Like he's he's a really good coach. He as Nate and I first started this, we admired him greatly. Yep. And then it was like a cheese grater over the years, where you just like a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more every season of like this guy doesn't shut up. God, he bitches about everything. Jeez, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see who replaces him. How does that affect Liverpool? Um, replacing a legend uh as chris will attest to uh has been very challenging united has not been able to do it with with great success and clubs rarely rarely do um so it'll be interesting to see what happens to liverpool over the over these coming years and does it if they can't uh continue at the same heights that they're at will someone step into their place you know if city does get uh banished from the premier league or punished in some way does that actually make the premier league more exciting where you have a little bit of a vacuum at the top that a little more parity a lot more teams could potentially step into. Obviously, United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs having the financial means to be able to step into that play, or Newcastle as well. But with Aston Villa on the come up and Brighton having some success over the last few years, um, it could be exciting. I'm all for it. Um, but here, this is kind of like a one off question. Just based on what you just said, Nate, are we sure Chelsea still has like a big financial backing now that Ibrahimovic is gone? Like that group who run the Red Sox, they've run the Red Sox into the ground and now they're trying to sell them. I wonder, that like, Red Sox are the owners. Oh, wait, they're Liverpool. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. No, the, who was it who bought Bull, Chelsea? Todd, Todd Bully, who has plenty of money to throw at the Dodgers. So yeah, yeah. I think they're. I think you know financial fair play, <laughs> standing like they have the money to throw at them, and that's probably the problem. Actually, is they've thrown too much money and not it hasn't been wise money. You know. Yeah, it's been very poorly spent. Very. It's like the Denver spent. Broncos of the uh, EPL. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll take Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> well, speaking of Klopp, uh, that's a great segue into our Kyle Walker starting <laughs> 11. Uh, for a few years now, Chris and I have hinted at a Kyle Walker starting 11. And if you're new to the podcast – uh, or haven't, haven't been with us long or didn't listen last week. I don't know why, but I feel like Kyle Walker is someone that is just from the moment I laid eyes on him detested. This, like, I feel a little shafted here. This is a hundred percent my team that I created originally <laughs> because I'm a huge Bill Simmons fan. And he always has like the blah, blah, blah team. And it's like just this team of people who it's totally random. It's whatever he made it into. Right. And so I think it was our first or second season. The first time I saw Kyle Walker, I hated him. I don't know why. I have no reason why. I just did not like Kyle Walker for whatever reason it was the first time I saw him. And then other guys, I just kind of kept adding to my team and I called it the Kyle Walker all-stars. And we've all essentially created our own Kyle Walker All-Stars team at this point. So I'm glad that you hate Kyle Walker as much as I do, but I for sure am on the record as hating him first. I have like, this is like one of those mind meld moments where I, I believe you, but I feels like it was my idea. And I know I like, but like my mind and in my heart, it feels like it was my idea. So I'm like, <laughs> when you've said it in the past, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's my idea. But I, I do think it's probably yours because I do have a bad memory. Uh, <laughs> so it's probably yours. But it's funny that in my mind and heart, I feel like it was my idea. <laughs> yes. So I, I don't mean I, to, steer, I don't mean to steal your thunder. I, I have no problem sharing it with you, though. I have no uh, problem sharing it's, it. It's with wonderful. You. Who? It's your idea, and it was a great idea. So great that I thought it was my own. Here's here's what I want to know. Lundberg, I mean, sadly, Andrew's not on to give us oh. his, but do you have a, a Kyle Walker all-star team? Have you placed anyone in that, like, uh, I don't know what it is, for whatever reason, I just don't like this guy? I mean, you guys have heard me complain about people throughout this, the year so far, so, I mean, it hasn't, I haven't watched enough enough to really get a full 11, but, I mean, I've got... I've got a few. I, I threw on one for good measure. He, I don't. He's not in the league, but he's just was even before I started on this podcast. You know, Suarez was always the the number one <laughs> for sure. Luis. So he's he's there. And then you know we got to put Garnacho. Though he's grown on me when I watch a game with you, like and I like I I, I still can't stand him, but he's he's still on the list. Harry Maguire is probably even worse, so he's on the list. And then <laughs> Kai Havertz. Like those are the four. Like those are, I feel like it's a strong four. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm lacking just because there's only four of the eleven there. Like it's, those four are holding their own. So, my my goal the rest of the year is to be able to fill that out. Maybe not necessarily yeah. position wise, but at least get a get a full starting get squad. Yeah, yeah. And where I was going out to McGuire and Havertz. The only guy I'll even try and defend is Garnacho, and it's just I love that kid. So, but know, I get we, it. We, we know. I, you do. I and I get it. I'm not saying if he were playing for Arsenal, I would probably feel the same way. Until so. a player, like there are players like Garnacho being one of them. Some player, some people who these are human beings. So I'm suspending like my belief in the dignity of all. You're, you're a Mago Day. You're removing that my, for this conversation. I'm, I, I'm room. There are some people that when you when I see them, I want to punch them in the face. <laughs> so until you do something so positive mm -hmm. that I, agree. I, I can't like Grealish is a great example of someone I have loathed who was one of the early starters for me on the Kyle Walker all-star team. 
until you do something to redeem it and I remove you. Uh, and Garnacho is one of those guys. He's not a starter, though. Garnacho's on my bench. So I have a full 11. I have a manager, and I have three bench players and a Kyle Walker Hall of Fame filled with five <laughs> former players who have moved on or who I've removed. Actually, four of them have moved on. One is still in the league, but I've removed him. That's Jack Grealish uh, for his positive efforts to uh, humanity through his stellar drinking that's fan. Yes. He did a lot of good for himself after they won the Champions League. Yep, yep. Uh he's still gonna be on mine because as soon as I see him on the pitch flip-flopping all over the place, rolling around like a fish out of water, he goes right back on. And I wish like so I keep it on my phone and I updated it and I took out all the guys who are no longer in the Premier League. And I mm. wish I would have like put them down in a Hall of Fame bracket, but I didn't. I couldn't even tell you who they were that I took off. Well, Harry but, Kane, I bet's on there. Uh, actually, no. I actually, I like. I Harry Kane has the worst hair, but <laughs> but other than like having a giant forehead and a bunch of hair plugs, I actually like Harry Kane. He's a really good player. Um, Why but I go, got. Can we go position got, by position? I I have a, I have it all in positions for for my squad. I've got. I filled it out as best I could, but I won up to you. I don't have a bench, but I have a referee. Oh, great. I don't have a referee. I don't have a <laughs> I referee. mean, everyone's going to know who it is. But anyways, uh, you want... Let's trade back and forth. Like, why don't you start okay. with the keeper? Start with keeper. your keeper. I mean, how could anyone pick anyone other than Jordan Pickford? It is 100% Jordan Pickford. He's probably yeah. a unanimous first ballot Kyle Walker all-star. 100%. And that, I, I think the important thing also is, too, is like, I'm not saying these guys are not good. Like Jordan Pickford is a quality keeper. This lineup I have, this lineup I have would finish. This lineup I have, I think would probably finish mid table. So these are quality players. I think, I think, yeah, my team would probably finish right around there. So I love um, our teams to play each other. Even though they, we have the same keepers, they'd have to figure out how to duplicate themselves. So, uh, because at right back is Kyle Walker. Oh well, of course he's. <laughs> so far, we have the exact same uh, Kyle Walker All Star team. All right. So moving on to center back, what I think you, different. Hold on. What what uh, what are you running? Are you running a a, a three, <laughs> three four three? I have a four three three. Um, I am probably yeah. I probably am running like a four three three or four two three one. Yeah. Um, so now the defenders, um, if you're a center back, I didn't put you like, I didn't look for a, a right back yeah. or a left back specifically. So yeah. I get it. Uh, but my, my starting center backs will go to here are Harry Maguire and Thomas party. I think Thomas Party's a midfielder. I, I think he is too, but I've seen him in the back enough to where it fits. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm our to... entire team is the same, but I've got party and midfield. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> who are your center backs? My center backs are Harry Maguire of naturally. Well, yeah, he's pro. Well, Kyle Walker has to be captain, but if I, <laughs> I would maybe <laughs> get captain seat of Maguire, but my other center back is Tyrone Mings for Aston Villa. Oh, I forgot. You hate him. I That's hate right. that guy. And there's multiple reasons for that, but uh, him being on Villa is one of them. Who do you have at left back? All right. Um, so th this one's this one's not that tough. It's just tough because of the name. It's Arsenal's defender Gabriel. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a million people on Arsenal's team named Gabriel, so it's Gabriel <laughs> Magalas. Yep. And I'm gonna butcher names. I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, I I can't stand him. I hate that guy. I think he's a dick. I think he's a dirty player. He fits perfectly on my Kyle Walker All Star team. This is the first time we we diverge. My left back is Kurt Zuma for West Ham. <laughs> uh, and what's funny is I don't like you guys know I'm not a huge domesticated animal fan. I don't care that much. But Kurt Zuma is infamous for kicking his cat 
and being recorded like abusing his cat and but uh, not once no yeah that's yeah not like, once <laughs> like and so for me yeah and see, I thought I thought that would actually bump him up on your list. I know, like, I know. You hate animals. You hate pets. I don't hate <laughs> animals. I don't want domesticated animals in my house, but I, they serve a purpose in uh, this good creation that we get to live in. So, someone who kicks cats probably kicks humans. So. Kurt Zuma. For all you listeners, that's a wild Google search. If you want, as a neophyte like myself, <laughs> just trying to like learn about these things, just just search Kurt Zuma cat, and you, there's a there's a ton of good stuff. Well, yeah. and the fact well, that we have skipped right over Thomas Party to talk I, about Kurt Zuma, the cat so bad. Don't you can, don't Google search Thomas Party <laughs> or Google search Thomas Party rapist. That's yeah. a good one. That, there um, you. Or you could Google search Harry Maguire. Um, shoot, what did he do? Um, he let me just Brian. say this: he and doesn't Harry have Magu to do. He doesn't have to do anything, and he's no. already a fixture on the list. Right, but he did something. He bribed officials. I can't remember where he was at. Um, he was in some other country and got in trouble, and he bribed the officials. And they're like, dude, you can't do that just because you're a famous soccer player. And they arrested him. He's been like, oh yeah, not not. He didn't bribe like the officials of a soccer match. That's what right, I right. take this as. He no, he, oh, yeah, he sorry. bribed like a police officer or a, a, a fit. Yes, that was just yes. a couple of years ago, right during the summer. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. All right. Well, uh, you've got Thomas Party playing in your uh, your back line. I've got him as a midfielder. Uh, who else do you have in which? The well, what I can do actually is I can change my formation to a three-three. I'm, I'm changing my formation to a three-three, because uh, in my midfield. Okay, so uh, my midfield, I have Bruno Guimarães. I always butcher uh, his name. Bruno Guimarães, really? I hate him. Freaking god, I hate him. Oh gosh, just even thinking of his name and mispronouncing it is the worst. Uh, can't stand him. He's at Newcastle. Um, my other midfielder. This got added. Because of this weekend's game against United, Douglas Louise has joined my Kyle Walker 11 starts because he scored a goal and it was a fine goal. It was nothing special. Ball got tipped to him. He just put it in the net. He was in the right spot at the right time. But he, the fool just like gets down on his knees and he does like a 30 second shoulder shimmy, like right in Onana's face. And it was like, what in the hell are you doing? Like you, it was like celebrations you don't do. Like there's a reason everyone scores and runs to the corners. You don't celebrate and do like some outlandish thing right in front of the keeper that you just scored on. Guess what? You you did it. You shimmied for way too long in the face of United defenders, and you are now on the Kyle Walker eleven hated list. You picked a midfielder from the right team, but you missed. <laughs> the actual worst midfielder on Aston Villa. And that is John McGinn. That guy <laughs> is the biggest douchebag shit house, but not in a good way. Like there's shit houses that I can appreciate. Like when Jamie Vardy scores against wolves runs to the corner and howls into the stands, like that is against my team, but it's funny. It's he's playing it up. John McGinn is just a douche. And uh, I hope someday he reveals him, his true self to, to you and you, you can replace Douglas Louise on your team. Okay. I'm listening. I'm, I also, just because the game is fresh, I am not a Matty Cash fan in oh. any way, shape, or form. He is high on that list, but he wasn't going to replace Kyle Walker, Harry Maguire, or Gabriel for me. Matty Cash is a good shout. Um, yeah. I put them on my bench. There you go. I have a bench now. There you go. Did you say both? Did you say all of your midfielders already? Oh, um, Gamarish. You had Gamarish as well. Gamarish, yeah. Douglas Louise, and then we can move Thomas Party up from all the right. back. I have my final three of my midfield three is Morgan Gibbs White. <laughs> Deeply. You hate personal. him because of what he did to Wolves? Like, because uh, he, wa he wanted out of Wolves so bad? No, he's... Uh, He's always kind of a, 
uh, had been kind of a bitchy guy when he was on Wolves. Um, but then when he left Wolves and went to Forest, he talked a lot of shit about Wolves and his girlfriend was always kind of piping up. And it's, and then he just has been annoying against Wolves. And the irony is, Forrest overpaid for him so much that I'm actually thankful <laughs> for him. Uh, Wasn't it like 40 million? $40 million for him. So, uh, but no, I, I can't stand that guy. He drives me insane. Okay. So here's real quick before we move forward. Uh, if you just Google Aston Villa roster, the picture for John McGinn. <laughs> He looks like Sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> he just, like, you got to go. His eyes are not level. They're two different positions. Like, it's such a great picture for you to hate someone just based on the picture right there. Oh, yeah. That's not a good picture. Let me <laughs> see that. You got a lot of Aston Villa players on your team. Yeah, I mean, and rightly so. They're a rival. I've got, I've got two. I've got yeah. two. That's, that's a decent amount. Uh. Yeah. No Wolves players, though, huh? No, I don't have any Wolves players I don't like. So, well, that's because Harry Maguire doesn't play for the Wolves. I would not like him if he was on Wolves. Uh, he would be still be on my team. If any right, of these so guys transferred, I would not like them. Let's get forward then. Uh, you want to go wingers, or how do you want to do it? How do you want to do the the attackers? I I just put two forwards and a striker. It's probably, yeah. It's I didn't go wingers. I one is does play on the wing, but I just it's mine is probably more of a four three two one ish. So, however okay. you want to go, we'll save. Uh, I do have a striker. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. So, my right winger, I've got Timo Warner. Okay. My left winger, I've got Leandro Trossard. Yes, there, there's some crossover. We're coming back together. And then um, I guess what position would you call it that's in the middle but not the striker? Is that a midfielder then? Like just a nine or a, a nine, yeah. or a false nine. Like he's not a traditional striker but plays in that kind of space. Yeah, so Jack Raylish. Oh, yeah. 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 So you so, got Trissard, Grealish, and Timo Warner. Warner. And Warner's just funny to me. Like, I don't I, I think it's because he came in with Chelsea originally. He just sucks so bad for them and then went away. And now he's back and he's just sucking for Spurs again. <laughs> like it's more of like a comedy. Like I I don't know what it is. I don't like it, but it's hilarious at how he can't score a goal. Yeah. So I've my two forwards. I've got Neil Mope for Brentford. Uh, great, um, great call out. He's on my bench for sure. That he's a big douche. Um, he he and John McGinn are kind of the same guy for me. Like they like they're kind of interchangeable. Um, but yeah, I just don't appreciate them. Leandro Trossard is the another forward. I've got him uh, on my team, and then striker uh, Richarlison for Spurs. Yeah, he- yeah, he's I my just, striker as well. I just replace. Oh, I, I just replaced one Spurs striker with another, um, and that rounds out my starting eleven. There it is, my starting eleven too. My team is managed by Mikel Arteta, and uh, the referee who is officiating the game is Anthony Taylor. Of course, uh, my my manager is is Klopp. Um, <laughs> So there it is that he'll, he'll get these guys to perform though. Um, on the bench, I've got Chris Wood from Nottingham forest, mostly because he has just scored so many game winners against wolves. Like when he was on Burnley, he just seems to own wolves for so for some reason I've got Virgil van Dyke. I don't know why he just drives me crazy. And, uh, and then I have Garnacho on the bench. See, my problem with Van Dyke is I do know why I don't like him. And therefore (laughs) he can't be on the Kyle Walker all-star team. I don't like him because he's the most overrated player in the world. Like, I don't want to hear about how he's the best defender in the world ever again. He's not, he hasn't been, 
He's very much overrated. That's why I don't like him. My Hall of Fame uh, players who have passed on or have otherwise uh, earned good graces, Jack Grealish, but the other four have not earned my good graces. Zaha. Zaha is maybe actually similar to a Jack Grealish type. Uh, He's annoying, but he's annoyingly good. And I can appreciate him. So I maybe don't hate him, but he also has done Wolves dirty so many times and can be an annoying character. So John Joe Shelby, he's just a racist bastard. So he needs to always be on there. Harry Kane and Jesse Lingard. Kyle Walker, all-star Hall of Fame. I like it. Good work. I'm glad you came up with the idea. That's right. All mine. <laughs> I added at least one on my list through that Richarlson. So yeah, he's definitely there. So it was unlikable. a good reminder. So Just unlikable. So unlikable. So unlikable. So I think, I, also, I think it takes a it takes a few years of watching the league to come up with a good solid starting eleven. You need some hist. You need. There's only so many punchable faces. And then you need some reasons that you don't like people. Either they yeah. are heartbreak against your team or they do something despicable, but you've got, you've got the makings of a nice solid team there. No, I feel good with, I mean, Garnacho, Maguire, Havertz, and Richarlison. I mean, that's a great, I mean, that's a great core. It's a good what core. a foundation. Yeah. And I like when we first started watching and the announcers would say Richarlison, I thought his name was Rich Arlison. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was all one word, and that made him. I hated him even more after that, which is amazing. That is amazing. Well, let's move on to best bet. Sweet. Best bet brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel loved us last week, guys, because we went O for the world. We uh, freaking should have had my Spurs draw. And then they scored in the 98th minute or whatever it was. Bullshit. So we all sucked. I mean, there's really no point in going over how bad we did. We all lost. Don't worry about it. At least you you knew what you were betting as opposed to Andrew and I spending four minutes on the podcast trying to figure out what SP, you know, if there was like a new team from the championship that had like moved up halfway through the year, like who is SP? But yeah, I digress. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you do. Um, and, and that's because you were looking at the spreadsheet that I fill out and it all makes sense to me. Sure. <laughs> so, so I apologize for that. Well, so, most people write tot. All the other ones say tot for Tottenham, yeah, but it's, you, it's, you, you just switched it. So it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's because when we do a draw, it gets super wordy down there. So I just do a double initial abbreviation that I'll know. Sure. Um. All right. Well, this week, We've got some games now. Andrew's not here. He's taking a draw again because that's what he does. Um, he's over a million on his draws. In fact, he hasn't hit any of his draw picks this year. So why not pick another one? He's taking a city Brentford draw. <laughs> like I can't even get through that without laughing. It's plus 600. If you want the plus 600, may as well just pick Brentford to win. I think they're like a plus 1400 as like just a straight out bet. If that hits, I will, I'm not going to say anything stupid because I don't want to just hand out money, but like, I will be so shocked if there's a Brentford city draw like plus 600. While you're going, I'm going to look and just see, are there other, like anything close to plus 600 that are even better bets than that, because that is, that's just, I mean, yeah. And then Tim, who is not on uh, the podcast, um, he also took a draw this week. Um, He's taking the Aston Villa Fulham draw. Um, That's a plus 260 bet. Not bad odds. I'm on the record as saying draws are the worst thing you could bet on, but it did cause me like a three hour deep dive into statistics today of draws and i was trying to like i don't know trying to see if like are certain teams more susceptible to draws than others um i mean you can obviously look at the standings but brighton leads the league 
uh, with eight draws so far. So uh, Brighton is drawing one out of three games. So like, if you're going to pick a draw, Brighton appears to be the team to go with. The other like high percentage teams that draw are Liverpool, West Ham, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, and Forest. Some of those teams are playing each other this week. So I was very tempted to go with a draw, but I decided not to because there's one line that just does not make any sense to me. And I hate the fact, I mean, obviously Nate was going to see it, but Wolves are a plus 420 on the road at Tottenham this week. I know Wolves just totally shit the bed up this past weekend. They looked like the Wolves I expected all season. Um, but plus 420 for Wolves, who are currently sitting at 10th on the road at the fourth place team in the league, is insane to me. Uh, especially considering Wolves always play to their competition and they beat Tottenham earlier this year at Molyneux. So that line, Wolves plus 420, is just bonkers to me and I couldn't get away from it. So I picked it and Nate also picked it. So whatever happens there, I won't be able to gain on him. But that seems to be the line that I, I don't understand it. Nate, you got anything you can add on that? No, I mean, I think the same thing. Like the numbers, massive Wolves beat Spurs earlier in the year. I think I wasn't considering this, but you're right. Wolves often play to their competition. And so uh, it's at least possible. It's more than possible. They beat them already. And um, the the team that played Brentford this weekend, like that performance won't work. But uh, the team that played United would like that. That was a fun, good match. That would be exciting and impossible. The team that played Chelsea can beat uh, this this Spurs team. So, yeah, that's yeah. all I have. I do yeah. want to say uh, and. I don't think it totally matters, but Andrew did pick the makeup game. That's not even the weekend game <laughs> because when I was looking through, when I was yeah. looking through matches that might like what, what bets are close to plus 600 that would be better. There's only one other bet that's in the 600 realm. And well, there's two there's Liverpool and Luton to draw which I actually think the Brentford bet is better than Luton to draw Liverpool. But Chelsea is plus 700 to beat City. And I, to me, Chelsea to beat City at plus 700 is way more likely than Brentford to draw. <laughs> and even get an extra $100. Now, here's my question is, him picking that match, and I should have looked at the dates when he texted it. Um, that match is after our next episode, therefore, it's not an eligible bet to be taking for this. Do we assign him a bet? Do oh, wait, we because it's him... next Tuesday, huh? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, so if he wants to take that, he can take it. But next you know what? Week. It actually, I think he can. Well, no, it's before our next bet. I think we have to assign him a different draw. Give him the Man City Chelsea draw. What's that at? Plus plus 470. I think that's too good of a bet for him. We have to give him like a word like <laughs> I think we give him Burnley plus 850 over Arsenal. All right, that's what we're doing. Yeah, it feels like an Andrew bet. But he has to stick with this uh for next week. City, Brentford next week. I like it. As a punishment. All right. So we're putting that in there. So we're giving him Burnley plus 850 against Arsenal. And with that, there's only one more bet to hear about, and that's Mr. Lundberg, our own neophyte. Who are you going with this week? You know, Palace is getting 410 on the road against Everton. Again, I agree with the Wolves' assessment with Tottenham, but – Along the same lines, that's a lot of points for Palace to be getting at Everton. So, you know, yes, Everton looked decent this past week, but I still have hope for Palace. I've been on them, I think, a handful of times. They haven't paid off yet. We're going to see yeah. what happens. 
yeah, I I don't think that that's a bad bet at all. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a good call. The draws I like this week, we'll see if either of these hit. Forest versus West Ham, both those teams draw a lot. And then Everton at Palace, they each are high on the draw side. So I can see a draw happening there. Those are bl- both plus 250 bets uh, that you could grab. So that is all for Best Bet this week. Best Bet brought to you by FanDuel. Gamble responsibly and give FanDuel all your money. Lundberg, um, we kind of just skipped over the neophyte portion. Did you watch Villa United? You know, I didn't really watch. I was planning on it, but I was so caught up in the Arsenal uh, shellacking of West Ham that it really, <laughs> I was enthralled. I don't know why. It was it was really fun. The four goals they scored within 10, 12 minutes of each other at the end of the first the first half it was the most beautiful soccer I think I've seen like almost all year. It was fantastic. So again, not that they're moving any higher or lower on my, on my final eight, they're probably at where they're at, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun to watch. And I don't really have, you know, West Ham is not part of that group, but man, they ripped their heart out and spit on it. And it was, it was while fans were leaving at halftime. I don't know if they were going to yeah. get beers and coming back. It was wild. They were not, they were not. I didn't think so, come back. but that and was fun also, to watch. And also two of the Arsenal goals, Gabriel and Leandro Troussard, Kyle Walker, 11 all-stars right there. That's why they're on the all-star team. That's right. <laughs> I, I did see, I, I saw the highlights of the, the Aston Villa game. Hey, your boy McTominay again. Seriously, dude, thumbs on like that guy. How many clutch goals? Like, actually, he leads the league in ridiculous. Like, um, like points generated off of his goals. Oh, for his team. Yeah. Oh, that's a great yeah. stat. So he, yeah. So he leads. I think I want to say like his goals have led to United getting like fourteen points. I think the next guy fourteen. That's yeah. an outstanding number. I might have made that up. Um, but it's high. <laughs> I, I'll have to look it up. Even if it's like um, six, I mean, that is that's remarkable. Yeah, it's Here. it's yeah. So he leads the Premier League in those. His son is second in the league at that. I just don't remember the exact numbers. Um, what's even crazier is that uh Rasmus Hoyland, Tim's brother, yeah, he uh, scored again, so that's five straight Premier League games where he scored yeah. a goal, and he became the youngest player in United history to do that. Wow! So a guy who couldn't score for the first like three months of the season can't be stopped all of a sudden, which yeah, is great because you know as a United fan, he's there. And you look at United's place on the table and their run of form, like unbeaten in four. Um, he's part of the reason for that. Yeah. I will say on Mc. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's it's I'm like doing my best to like temper my excitement, like because this isn't a United podcast, so you know, we don't need to go into deep dive every week, but they are just playing so much better right now. And maybe the Marcus Rashford thing was the best thing to happen to him because he's starting to look like Rashford again. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Lundberg? No, for for a team that I really enjoy not liking and yet still watching and not liking, like I love McTominay. Like I like <laughs> so I, I feel like it's like a it's a it's a it's an honorable it's an honorable selection of I actually enjoy a player of a team that I don't enjoy winning. And they, they were even playing against the team that's in my top eight. And as much as you know, I was pulling for Villa. Like I was glad McTominay was the one to get the goal. Like it would have been a completely different attitude here if you know Garnacho had you know put the winner away. But no, like I, 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 I like the guy, and you know Hoyland doesn't bother me either. So as much as most of that team kind of drives me wild, the, the two guys that are showing up are are not the guys that I can't stand. So yeah. you should make, okay, so- in light of McTominay, your love for McTominay, we we should make. And I'm not, I wouldn't name the team after McTominay because there's someone who clearly uh, is the angel of the Premier League that this would <laughs> be named after. But we should do like Sonny's Angels, like starting 11. So 
the the anti Kyle Walker All Star is captained by <laughs> Sun Hyung Min and just the guys that we adore. What's funny is I was actually going to ask you about that because when we were going through the the Arsenal game, um, I love Buyaka Sako. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Sokka. Sokka. Bukayo yeah. Sokka. I totally mixed up his name. I yep. love Sokka. I shouldn't love Sokka. Yep. I absolutely shouldn't love Sokka. He's so good. And he seems like such a great kid. Like, like I love Sokka. He would be on that team for me. Um, but I did find the stats. Some points won by goals this season in the Premier League. Scott McTominay is number one at 12 points one. That's after his goals. Sun Huang Min is second at 10. And then Dominic Solanke is at oh. nine points one. So those are your top three. So for McTominay to be that as a part-time player is like kind of crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we were, we kind of started this by, by Lundberg talking about Arsenal. Uh, and we should just mention that six nil victory makes things very interesting at the top of the table because uh, points one is obviously the first factor to decide a championship. But uh, if there's a tie or if two teams are equal on points, goal differential is the tiebreaker. And that puts Arsenal right back in contention there. So uh, Arsenal's two back on Liverpool tied with, with city city has a game in hand, but Liverpool has 32 goal differential uh, City and Arsenal both with 31. So uh, that's a big, big win for them and a big leap in goal differential. So speaking of leaps and goal differential, you see who's not in the negatives anymore, boys? Hey, well done. <laughs> back, that, back, that back to zero. Six plays is back to zero. And uh, on a serious note, did you look at the stats for the Arsenal West Ham game? They're nuts. Just absolutely nuts. Shots on goal. 25 to 5. Shots on target 12 to 1. Goals 6 to 0. Possession 71 to 29. Passes 700 to 280. Pass it felt like every one of the watching it. It was yeah. it felt like it. It was the wild. Only, the only stats that West Ham won were fouls and yellow cards. Yeah. Oh man. What an ass whooping. Yeah. Love to see it. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, uh, well done tonight. Uh, what games do we have to look forward to? That's the real question. What's that? What games do we have to look forward to? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be in Mexico this weekend, which is a big bummer, and I will be, I'm pretty sure, busy Saturday morning for Wolves Tottenham. So as much as... I want to be excited for that match. I probably won't get to watch almost anything this weekend, but that is the match. It's uh, a busy schedule. There's five games on at 8 a.m. It it's is. A deal. Yeah. Like, usually it's more spread out. Like, usually there's a Friday. Like, that's oh. wild. And there's only two Sunday games. Yeah. And the Sunday games are spread out. They're not even at the same time. It's like, why didn't you just throw some of those on Sunday? Well, I think they had to move Liverpool and City uh, those matches to because oh, Champions League is uh, going again. Well, no, because Liverpool is not in Champions League. Remember? They're, oh yeah, that's right. And the more challenging. Uh, but no, I think because they're playing those makeup games Monday, Tuesday. So the reason I think there's no Friday games this week has to do with Europe. So we've got Champions League starting back up tomorrow and Wednesday. Europe and Conference League starting on Thursday day off then saturday a ton of games but then i think part of the city and liverpool both playing on saturday gives them space to play their makeup games on tuesday and wednesday so there right we have on, right on what are you looking yeah, forward city, to uh city chelsea is a decent matchup uh obviously we know andrew's heavily invested in burnley versus arsenal <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm excited to watch United play at Luton Town. Um, that's just, it's just fun to me. Like, yeah, 
We can make fun of United all we want, but they are one of the biggest clubs in the world. And for them to stroll into the neighborhood and go in the back entrance, there's just something fun about that. It's like it's like when I saw Notre Dame play at ASU. Like, yeah. Right? Like that iconic, those iconic helmets at Sun Devil Stadium was special. So I can, yeah. That's that's fun. That'll be fun for Luton to to host United. Yeah, for sure. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Lundberg, anything you're going to try and focus on? Yeah, you know, I'm looking at all these these matches, and I keep coming back to Spurs and Wolves. That's the one. That's the one I want to watch. So I think that's the best. That's the best matchup, and will be the most entertaining one to talk about on Monday with you, you boys. Yeah. So hopefully it is. That'll be good. Hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully Spurs win. I'm sorry. I meant Wolves. I legitimately meant Wolves. I don't know why I said Spurs. That's weird. I'm going to need you to edit that out. Hopefully uh, Wolves win. All right, gentlemen. Well, with that, good night. Good night, boys. Good night, boys.